All right, it's Saturday morning. That means it's time for Mike Onesco's Renegade Rock here on the Rogue Radio Podcast Network, bringing you all the great music every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we have added interviews. And now we have a special guest today from Johnny Winter, Rick Derringer, Almond Brothers, Captain Beyond, Armageddon, the one and only, the great Bobby Caldwell. Welcome, Bobby, to Renegade Rock. It's great to have you, and you know, we start off the show with, we played uh, Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo from Rick and Derringer, so why don't you just tell our audience a little bit about that, and how that uh, came about, and uh, I'm sure it was from when you played with Johnny Winter, you hooked up with Rick Derringer, right? Well, what happened was Rick and I, yes, had been playing with Johnny uh, Really? Cactus? Yes, I was. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. So you did play with Tim Bogert then? No, Tim wasn't in the band. Tim wasn't in the band. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. Wow, that's cool. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Is Rick playing the Is Rick playing the bass and stuff? Wow, very cool. Yeah, especially when you don't have a bass player to work with. Did you tour with Rick after that? No, because I was playing with Yeah, it's a great version, but the Rick Derringer version with you guys in the studio is just unreal. Your drumming on that is <laughs> beyond cool. That's all I have to say on that. <laughs> so, uh, so how? What? Where? Where are you from, Bob, Bobby? For all our fans out there that don't know a lot of uh, your origins. I have no idea, Mike. No. Idea. <laughs> you're, you're... Wow. Florida. So you consider yourself a Floridian, right? And how did you get your start in the business? Who in who was the guy that when you were young and you were just thinking of playing drums and you saw somebody who who was the main influence for you in your development? I'm playing in the drum section, but I couldn't read any music. <laughs> and 
<laughs> you ain't in the head of orchestra. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's cool. Outside of the school, I mean, I had this, I had been listening to the radio through my older sister. So I could, I mean, I could tell you all of the R&B hits from 1957, I mean, even when I was a child. So what happened was I got so addicted to the, the idea of playing a set of drums, and a buddy of mine's older brother had a local band. You know, they were playing, because they were much older, they were playing all these teen dances and private so they were cool, very cool. And this was in the 60s, right? That's great. Invited you in, right? Wow. Kick drum, right? Yeah. Defining moment. That's great. Yeah. 
point where I started figuring out the difference between augmented and diminished and major and minor chords. If you understand the amount. Right, right. And that's how it started. Man. Yeah. And then I went to military school. Really? Wow. That's interesting. Were you in the military school band? I was. Of course. Mm, I think I'd rather have drank hemlock or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you survived. And what was the first band you joined as a drummer when you knew that you were, you know, found your niche? What was the first band you formed? Or did you join a band or did you start a band? Right, right. I'm thinking you're never going to stay with this. You know, I'm just going to buy something in the south. You know. But I bought this set of drums finally. He, he broke down. And sometime not that long after I had gotten. What was your first set of drums? What brand? Gretsch. Gretsch. Wow. What was the name of the band? The Deltas. The Deltas. Yeah. Nice. And of course, I was, again, having one of those high, you know, moves that I was like, absolutely. That you live for. I couldn't even drive a car, of course. And so they had to put me out <laughs> take me everywhere. But I, I passed the audition. They loved the way I played. And that's how it started with, with this first band. That's great. So eventually that led to you. How did you hook up with Johnny Winter? I mean, was that uh, through the Allman Brothers or? Johnny was before you met the Allman Brothers, right? What kind of material was that? Progr- progressive rock or heavy rock? Just rock and roll. Wow. It's about 200 degrees outside. It's, <laughs> it's in July in, in Florida. And I've just finished practicing for a couple of hours on my own. So you were wiped out. Well, not so much you wiped out. Just. I, mean, I just didn't. I wasn't. I told him. And this guy was a super music lover that worked for us. He's just a great guy. And he said, well, why don't you come on down and jam with John? And you, you know, I said, Dave, I, I, I don't like to jam with people. It's boring. I said, you know. what? Right, right. 
I heard. I knew when I heard those chords and the and the arrangements, those songs, and what he was doing. That's where I wanted to be if I could get there. We all did. <laughs> and so he just keeps talking to me. Oh, now remember, he works for Noah's Ark, so he, you know, I'm going to be seeing him on the weekends. So right. Gonna, where are we playing this weekend? Oh, we're going to be over so and so. I think, you know, I'll find out, tell you more. And we stayed on the phone, and finally he's coming back to this where you come over for just a little bit and, 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 and jam. Something, when he asked me again, something, some light came in. It was, you know, you're, you better do it. Your intuition said, you know, why don't you just go over there? So I said, okay. I said, all right, I'll go over there. Did you know who Johnny Winter was? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. They were rehearsing at a neighbor kid that I know. <laughs> so I pull up, and all these local people, you know, of course, by this time, they're all standing out in the front yard. This, you know, these beautiful woodworks in a fairly affluent area. Such Shaker Heights is, I guess. And right, right. I'm, stand, I'm sitting out there, but remember, this is the days before, you know, carry bottled water stuff, and I'm standing there. And I keep hearing this music, and I see people coming in and out and in and out of the house. Finally, I said, today, that's the day. He's walking around, like, calling over. I said, listen, do you know any idea when they're going to do this? You know, I mean, because I said, I'm 200 degrees out here. I said, I'm going to go on home meet and take out my take my girlfriend out, who on a 1 to 10 scale was about 12.5. <laughs> you know I mean? Yes. So I, I thought, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to go home and take Diane out. So I said, hang on a minute. Goes out, comes back about 10 minutes later. He said, okay, they're going to be ready for you any minute. So I'm thinking at this time, like, I'm frustrated, I'm hot. I'm tired of sitting around. It's like, really? So anyway, from the front door, I'm out by the street. He summons me. So I go in the front door, and in there, in this guy's living room, stands Johnny Winter. <laughs> wow. No way. Are you kidding? In his living room? Yeah, in the living room. Steve Paul, the manager. Kenny Slate is the road manager. And short and technical road people. And they're all sort of, you know, kind of clamoring around. And I look over at this really bad drug set. And so I really, I shook hands with everybody. I said, hey, how are you? you know, I made my way over to the drum set. And I thought to myself, I thought to myself, let's just get this out, get this over with so I can go, get on my way type. You know I mean? Right. I, didn't, I just didn't have the patience for it. It's like, you know, what am I doing here for this? You know, just I. You weren't starstruck at the, at the moment. No. True professional, I love that. So what happened was, I sat on the drums, and all of a sudden, I started playing this really intense drum pattern between the tom-tom, the snare drum, the kick drum, and the bell of the cymbal. And it was really sort of a very up-tempo, you could almost call it a jazz pattern, but with a heavier hand to it. I just I, I just started playing. And they all joined in. All of a sudden, now, everyone is playing that's got an instrument on it. Uh, you know, and then just sitting, he's got his sax around his neck, and everyone's playing. Now, I'm not even looking up to these people. You know, I'm not You're just jamming. I, I'm just trying to play. Right. And so we go through these different fields. So we start doing this blues shuffle, and then we do a slow blues, and then we do a straight rock and roll scene, a la Chuck Berry, then we do a, you know, a heavy, heavy thing, and then we do that. And we just all seem to be able to listen well and gravitate uh, together to do it. That's what we all strive for, man, isn't it? Yeah, Randy Joe Hobbs is great. He, he, he could play almost anything. And of course, Rick at that time was, 
Right. No, but he was. cool is that <laughs> hey and how old were you uh, 19. 19 that's insane Right, right. Not an audition. And so I said, well, I, the only thing I could think of, I said, well, what are your plans? I, I didn't know what I, you know, I didn't even know what to say. He said, well, we are, uh, we're going to be doing finishing some shows here in Florida, and then we got to go back to New York, and then we're going to France. I said, okay. 19, and you're going to France. How cool is that? That's not corny. Listen, we're talking with the great Bobby Caldwell right now from Johnny Winter, Rick Derringer, Armageddon, Captain Beyond. We're going to take a break right now and play Raging River of Fear from Captain Beyond, and then we'll be right back.
Okay, we're right back here. This is Renegade Rock. I'm Michael Nesco. We're talking with the great Bobby Caldwell, and we just listened to Raging River of Fear from Captain Beyond. Now, you got to tell us how the whole Captain Beyond thing came about. Come on, Bob. From Iron Butterfly. And they contacted me and said they'd like to talk to me about starting a new band. Now, I'm still playing with Johnny Winter. Right. And these, they're telling me that the Butterfly are about to fold, uh, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, look, I can't answer that right now. I said, but we're going to be in L.A., you know, I don't know, a month later or something. Let's get together when I come there, you know, come down to the show and, and we can talk. Blah, blah, blah. So they came over when we got there, and we talked about this mythical band, but I still couldn't commit to it because I'm thinking, really? I don't know. I mean, as much as I'm a venturous type, I'm thinking, you know, I'm starting. I mean, the, the Johnny Winter and uh, the group had become a juggernaut. Big, big juggernaut. I mean, you, nobody, and this, some people thought that they should be the headliners on some shows, regret it because. Right. You could. Hey, when I was in high school, we wore that A-track out. Johnny Winter and live. <laughs> did you ever see the band live? Yes, I did. I saw them live, yes. Okay, so you know, I mean, and uh, so I won't name some names of, of some groups that thought that they should be the headliner until they heard us, and then they quickly changed that. But anyway, so I'm playing with Johnny, and I'm being, you know... Courted by... Uh, courted by a couple of people who want to start this new sort of... Uh, super band. But it really wasn't called a super group. It was just... And they were wheeling in dough from Iron Butterfly into God of Eater. Yeah. They couldn't spend their money. They had Now, Lee, who I, I miss the both of those guys very much. I love the two of them. And Lee at that time was, you know, he was a bachelor living in his beautiful house in the Hollywood Hills. And, I mean, you know, he, he, he's living the life. I think I left there with Johnny, of course. We had more shows to do. Went up to San Francisco, played the Fillmore West several nights, and uh, then up to Washington, Spokane, and all these other places. We started talking more, and all of a sudden I get a call from Teddy, our road manager, saying that Johnny uh, is going to take some time off. And I'm thinking, what? And he, he said, yeah, Johnny's going to take some time off. He needs to rejuvenate, rehabilitate, kind of get off the, the whole thing. And I said, well, okay. I thought, well. This is a good time, yes. This is the answer right here. And so I said, okay, well, I'll come out to you know, I can come out now, and we'll see what happens. So we got together, Rhino and Lee and I, but we didn't have a singer. And the, the management with uh, Iron Butterfly said, well, you know, we, we know of this guy that we've talked to or ran across or heard about. Uh, he's being the singer with Deep Purple. Rod Evans. And he's around. He's relocated from London to L.A. So we got together with Rod, and we started talking about this band, you know, and we didn't know, you know, nobody knew where to start. And I said, well, let me just tell you this so they get go. I'm not starting to play in a fucking blues band. <laughs> I said, I've been playing with, I've been playing with the Alma Brothers. I'm blues down. I said, now, I don't mind playing blues-inspired music. That's fine. But I'm not I'm not going to some one, four, five, you know, let's do it, you know, type thing. Captain Dion was anything but that, I'll tell you. <laughs> Groundbreaking. And as we started in, we started rehearsing at Larry Reinhardt's house every day, Ross and 
uh, Lee and myself. I was living with Lee at the time. We drove out about a 30-minute drive to Rhino's house, and we rehearsed all day, you know, from about 9, 9.30 in the morning till about 5.30, just like it was a paid job. Right. And that's what we did. And so, uh, Fantastic. That's how we got started, and most of the music uh, was written by Larry and I. You were the main songwriters? Of, of the music. Right, right. Rod did that, right. Oh, good. So you are a lyricist also. To me, the song arrangement is one of the most important parts of the songwriting process. Well, you're good at it. <laughs> That's what you did the original demo on? The original demo, and it's on the Lost and Found that's out on Cleopatra. It's called Lost and Found, the original demo. Wow, I have to dig that up and play it on Renegade. You had it. I've been sitting on it for years when Cleopatra was, you know, wanting me to come up. Can I find anything else or whatever? I said, well, you know, I might be able to find the original demo. So what happened was we took it in and we mastered it in uh, Paramount in Hollywood and mixed it, rather, and we got all that together. So now... How cool. Is that the guy from Capricorn? Right. He listened, right. That's fast. Just for the record, we had already gone to a couple of record companies and been turned away. And that's fine. Yeah. And so we said, yeah, well, great, uh, Phil, we'll see you tomorrow. So we went down there and we're sitting across the desk from him. Phil says, well, what do you, want to, what do you guys want to do? And Larry says, Rhino says, well, ultimately we'd like to go to Europe and uh, play a lot of shows over there before we come and start playing in the U.S. Well, Phil's got this tablet out, you know, and Phil's checking off these things. Yeah, 
this far, you know, thought it through. Right. I don't know, 50 grand maybe? I mean, he goes, okay, no problem. Says, I'm going to tell the secretary when we get finished here. That, you know, and he keeps writing down all these, everything we said. <laughs> Pretty strange, yeah. This history, right? That's a great story, Bobby. That's and you, Captain Beyond. So you're going to be taking Captain Beyond. We only got a few more minutes here, so tell tell our listeners what's in store for Bobby Caldwell and the new version of Captain Beyond. Yes, so I was happy to see you in Cleveland here a few years ago. Be hitting the road, right? Well, I hope you come back to Cleveland. Yes. So great! Thanks for coming on Renegade Rock again, Bobby. The great Bobby Caldwell. How cool is that? Thank you again. Do you have any one last words to our Renegade Rock listeners before you say goodbye, Bobby? Well, thank you so much, Bobby. And this is Mike Onesco. You're listening to Renegade Rock on the Rogue Radio Podcast Network. See you next week, kids.